0: Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, uh, Toby. We got a shortened show uh, today, normally like to get three players at least uh, into these episodes, but we're going to stick with Cody Bellinger um, and Oz- Ozzy Albies today. I'm just feeling a little bit uh, under the weather, you know, like when you start to feel your body aching just a little bit and that's, that throat starting to get a little sore and you can kinda tell uh, it's coming on. So gonna try to take care of myself, get to bed at a reasonable hour this evening. Uh, but I definitely wanted to bring a podcast having not uh, done one last night. And you know, you guys are my favorite people who are listening to uh, the podcast. So thank you for doing that. Uh, hope you enjoy this one. As always, you can find the podcast on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Um, if you do like what you're hearing, please do give us a five-star rating, write a nice review, tell your friends. As I mentioned on the last episode, uh, if you leave a five-star rating, you get to choose one player uh, that I will analyze on, a, uh, soon, on an upcoming podcast as soon as I can. Um, and then if you leave a five-star rating and write a nice review, Uh, you get to choose three players uh, on an upcoming podcast. This will also be really nice because quite frankly, going by ADP just isn't as much fun as kind of getting good themes or covering more controversial folks or whatnot. So um, hopefully uh, you will find that that is more enjoyable as well, but who could have more fun than we're having over the last 41 episodes? I mean, honestly. you can follow me on Twitter at Batflipcrazy. That is always the best place to reach me. Also have an Instagram at BatflipCrazy, Facebook at BatflipCrazyFantasy, YouTube, just search for BatflipCrazy. Blog is batflipcrazy.com. Ozzie Albies, Cody Bellinger. Let's get this party started. All right. First up on today's show, we have Cody Bellinger, first baseman and outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the first base outfield eligibility is helpful for Bellinger. First base, at least last year, was a thin position, so that's a nice little little help there. Outfield also, you know, has some issues with depth. So having that uh, dual position eligibility, I mention it every time somebody's got it, but especially in today's game where you have a lot of guys going on the ten day DL, a lot of platoons, things of that nature, especially in deeper leagues, um, having that uh, dual position eligibility or multi position eligibility is a is a really nice bonus. Went at 41.6 on average in the two early mock drafts. Um, he's up at 49.7 uh, in the now 15 NFBC drafts with a low draft of 40 and a high a max pick of 65. Uh, this year, Bellinger played in all 162 games. Uh, 632 played appearances, after playing obviously partial season last year, but 132 games. He hit 260 this year with a 256 expected batting average. That's down from last year when he hit 267 with a 269 expected average. So obviously not ideal. He's right around league average for batting average. Drafting this high up, we're gonna want to see some real um, uh, some real nice uh, skills in, in other categories if we're going to be considering him. So digging into the numbers around average, uh, BABIP, 299, 313 last couple years, a little bit better than league average. His strikeout rate, it did go down this year to 23.9%, so slightly above league average, but a pretty good uh, dip from 26.6 last year as um, likely a result of increased contact. Now his overall contact rate went up about 3%. His in-zone contact rate went up about 2%, so both of those are really nice developments, especially for a young hitter. He's making a little bit more contact, which is helpful for that batting average generally. We'll take a look at the type of contact that he's making a little bit later, but there's uh, there's there's some there's reasons why his, his batting average has gone down despite the uptick in contact. OBP, decent OBP guy, 343, 352 the last two years. Um, his O swing... Uh, Right around league average, it actually regressed last year from 29.2, or got worse last year, 29.2 to 30.7, so right around league average. He's also got a slightly below league average um, swing rate in general, pretty consistent around 11% uh, in the walk rate, which is very solid. So again, above league average for OBP, has a little bit more, or considerably more value in OBP leagues uh, than he does in average leagues. 84 runs scored with a 13.3% runs per plate appearance. That's down from last year's uh, 15.9% runs per plate appearance. I think what we'll see as we go through a lot of the data is that he obviously went on an incredible run uh, early in his career, but things have slowed down considerably since then. Home runs, 25 this year on 25.6 expected home runs. He hit 39 last year on 36.4. expected home runs. Remember he had fewer, uh, he played um, in 30 less games last year and had about uh, 84 uh, fewer plate appearances. So the home run rate dropped from 7.1% down to 4%, which is just slightly above league average at 3.6%. His expected home run total uh, is supported by what he did so far. His hard hit rate dipped uh, by about 3% year over year and his ground ball rate went up by about 5%. Now, what we're going to see when we go into his detailed batting batted ball profile is that where he um, started hitting the ball more frequently was in pop-ups and dribblers, the two places that you don't want to do that. Um, And so that is one of the reasons why we saw that batting average dip. Home run per fly ball went from 25.2% last year down to 15.2%. And not surprisingly, the power metrics also dipped. Hard hit fly ball rate dropped from 51% to 42.1%. And then his hard hit pulled fly ball rate dropped from 41.8% down to 36.2% this year. His barrels also down um, six barrels. His barrels per plate appearance dropped from 7.5% to 5.5%. Remember again, last year he had more plate appearances and he had more barrels. Or he had fewer plate appearances and more barrels. So that's down to 5.5%, slightly above league average. Home run distance actually slightly um, uh, slightly further this year by about 11 feet. But remember, that hard hit pulled fly ball rate was also down. And so that may be um, the reason for that. Uh, RBI 76. Uh, RBI this year, uh, 12% RBI per plate appearance. That seems a little bit low um, on the Dodgers. Generally a good OBP team and where he's batting in the lineup. Last year, he was at 17.7%. With those 97 uh, rbi so generally speaking when it comes to the counting stats you know with the above league average obp the lineup that he's hitting in uh, the plus home run although it's only slightly plus home run uh, rate and the bat lineup that he's batting in i think you could expect um, that rbi per plate appearance uh, to bump up uh, just a little bit he's also fast which we'll cover in a second um, Woba 380 down to 345 this year, supported by the expected metrics. He did steal 14 bases this year, 2.2% stolen base per plate appearance. So better than league average by, um, about 0.5, uh, standard deviations. His stolen base success rate was 93.3 this year after 76.9% last year, which is obviously nice to see. We talked in the last podcast about some research that Alex Chamberlain, uh, from rotographs had done about just how small of a sample size we're working with uh, with the stolen base success rate, and that that from a year to year you know perspective is not necessarily something that we want to focus too much attention on. Um, however, if if it's consistently bad over a few years, then you know it may become relevant stolen base opportunities, 165 with a stolen base opportunity percentage. That's number of stolen bases attempted in those opportunities. Uh, with nobody on second or nobody on third, or essentially the base in front of them. Uh, 7.9% down to 6.8%. So the stolen base per plate appearance went up, but actually he didn't steal as frequently when he had the opportunity this year. His sprint speed is pretty nasty, 28.8, especially for a guy who plays first base and center field. So I guess it's not that nasty for center field. 28.8 feet per second. Again, around 27 is league average, 28.9 uh, in this mostly recent year. So he was a 0.1 tick faster this year. So just something to consider with him, um, is that speed, you know, with the stolen base success rate where it's at, uh, with that speed, continued contribution of double digit stolen bases is something that I would, um, that I would probably, uh, expect, um, heading into next year, which is a really nice, um, uh, which is a really nice, really nice boost. So Bellinger, we talked a little bit about, uh touched on it briefly, but um, the concerning element in his batted ball profile is a pretty dramatic increase in his pop-up percentage. So that went from 19.3%, which is already above league average of 18%, all the way up to 23.7%. Now remember, these are like automatic outs. Uh, the batting average on these balls is 0.021. Uh, so two out of every 100 falls in for a hit. So you do not want to be hitting close to a quarter of your balls um, in this category. In addition, his dribbler percentage also went up uh, 2%. And these are two of the most um, sticky uh, batted ball types. So from year to year. So not of development that we wanna see. A lot of that also came out of his hard drive rate, which was at a really nice 17.2% last year. It's at a still nice 13.2% this year, which you'd expect from somebody who quote unquote is a home run hitter. so it's above league average, but that, that drop is considerable and one of the seat reasons why we see that power um, going down a decent amount. Um, so those are some concerning batted ball trends. Everything headed in the wrong direction this past year. Um, to get a sense of how that plays out, if you look at what x does for value hits and poor hits, value hits are kind of the best type of hit that you can get, and poor hits are you know poorly batted balls his poorly batted ball percentage jumped up by about five percent last year where his value hit percentage dropped by about half a percentage point seven so you can see that um, you know there wasn't a huge erosion of the quality of contact that he was making but a lot more of his batted balls were going into those categories that we do not uh, under any circumstances want to see that was kind of intense under any circumstances but let's take a look at his forty game rolling averages um it was pretty well documented that Bellinger had some struggles with his swing um, toward uh, throughout last year um, he changed it a little bit I am not a swing expert so I'm not going to get into the technicality of what calities of what exactly he did i I don't exactly know but he started off the season really rough his z contact got all the way down to sixty eight percent which is insane because like I a 68% contact rate is Joey Vado. His in-zone contact rate over 40 games was 68%. That is insane. Uh, that is insanely low. Uh, I don't even want to. Let's move on because I don't want to think about it. That's how bad it was. It peaked though um, in August, middle of August, at 87.5%. So slightly above league average. So huge fluctuations. Um, there's you know in in in. Um, in his contact rate, and then it fell again all the way down to 76.8% by the end of the year. So really no, nothing super consistent there. I'll check the 80-game rolling average just to see if we can get a little bit more of a trend line, but suffice to say that contact is a struggle and remains a struggle for Bellinger. His hard hit rate last year uh, really shot up towards the end of the year. Over his last 40 games, he had a hard hit rate above 50%. However, at the same time, his ground ball rate also shot up to um, 45.1%. So, and that was from a low, you know, at the end of August, his 40-game rolling average was at 34.3%. And then by the end of September, it was at 50.5%. So you can see, again, not a lot of stability in the profile, a lot of up and down, which makes it, you know, uh, it's it's a high variance profile that we're seeing right now. I talked about the increase in the ground ball rate. That is not a positive for a guy who is hitting for the power that he has. His plate discipline has been pretty consistent. He did have uh, some struggles. It got up to 34% over 140-game rolling average uh, in the middle of August, finished the year in the high 20s, which is about what you would expect. Um, for Bellinger. So overall, just kind of an erratic profile. Um, And I think this is important only because, you know, we now have two years of Bellinger's uh, batted ball data and not being able to see, you know, super consistent um, trend trend lines um, is, you know, a little consistent, is a little concerning. Obviously like variance happens within a season, um, but his is pretty extreme, especially in the contact range. Um so looking at his 80 game rolling average, it is up over the last eighty games his in zone contact is up to eighty two point three percent so that is a good that is a good look um uh you know so that's nice although his o swing is up at thirty one point seven percent so that plays discipline slipping a little bit and the ground ball rate is actually higher than the hard hit rate forty three point six percent ground ball rate um, and a forty one point three percent hard hit rate which is still pretty solid so overall i'd say for bellinger i still think that bellinger is getting a little bit more juice than maybe he should have. Um, you know, the contact is a real, contact concerns are a real issue. Um, he seemed to write them for a little while, but towards the end of the year, again, they, they started to go down. Um, going at spot 50, he's got Patrick Corbin, Edwin Diaz, Xander Bogarts, Alderboto Mondesi, Carlos Correa ahead of him, Eugenio Suarez, Anthony Rendon, Glaber Torres, James Paxton, Paxton George Springer going after him. I actually think those last five are really good, um, uh, are really good comparison because I think I'd have uh, Eugenio Suarez above Bellinger for sure. Anthony Rendon above Bellinger for sure. Uh, I think maybe even, uh, I probably have George Springer, um, above, uh, Bellinger as well, just because he contributes such elite, uh, run production, uh, or not run production, but runs. So overall, I think, you know, um, I still think Belly's going a little bit high. I would not be on him here at this draft position. I think the average is just too much of a suck. And when you look at his home run total, you know a lot of the numbers went from being outstanding last year to being somewhat middling. I mean, a 4% home run per plate appearance is above league average, but it's not anywhere near elite. It's maybe not even very good. I mean, 25 home runs, there's a number of players who can do that. Give me an Anthony Rendon, for instance, who, you know, is going to hit 290 to 300, give you the same number of home runs, probably more RBI, potentially more runs. You may not steal the same amount of bases, but you know what you're getting. You have a much more consistent profile. You're not willing to worry that he's going to hit 230. Um... So the one benefit to Bellinger uh, that makes him appealing is those stolen bases. The speed is real, and so getting double-digit stolen bases is definitely something that he can do, and if he can keep that contact rate up, make better quality of contact, um, he could certainly uh, reach this this draft price, but at this draft price, I'm just not taking him. I think there are better values to get um, here, better players, more consistent profiles to get this high up in the draft when... You know, you're looking at fourth round, so you're getting your second or third hitter. Um, I'm just not comfortable getting Bellinger right there. Next up, we have Ozzie Albies, second baseman for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, in 10, two early mock drafts, he, was, he went at 41.9, average draft position. In the NFBC, he went at, he's going at 44.5 with a high of 31 and a low of 55. Last year, his first full season in the majors, 684 plate appearances, very nice. Uh, 261 average, 265 expected average. Um, His BABIP was down at 285, which was much lower than his initial um, 316 in 244 plate appearances uh, last year. Uh, his strikeout rate increased uh, up to 17%, still really, really nice, uh, five about 5.5% below league average, but up from last year. His contact rate overall was at 79.4%, about 2.5% above league average. His in-zone contact uh, was right at league average, 85.7%. Uh, percent. So looking at the overall um, uh, batting average profile from a contact perspective at least, you know the contact is pretty solid. The K rate um, probably reflects the fact that he's super aggressive. And so he's not seeing enough pitches to necessarily strike out a ton. But the contact rate overall is just right around league average. You know, the overall contact is above, but the in-zone contact is right around league average. Um, So, you know, nothing here that points towards a jump up. Obviously, his expected average was slightly higher, but within the range of just being right on. OBP is where um, Albies loses a lot of value. 305 last year, 354 um, in uh, 2017. Uh, but that 305 number is well below league average, about 25 points for fantasy relevant players. So that's something to note in your OBP uh, leagues. There was actually uh, an OBP, I'm in mean, an OBP dynasty league where Albies was just traded, and I'll refrain from commenting uh, on that deal. O Swing, 39.1. Uh, percent so way above uh league average uh, about uh eight eight point two percent to be exact and about four percent worse um, than last year uh this is a little bit uh this is obviously one concerning element we'll get to it with the rolling average graphs he did improve um, as the year progressed which may have been an acknowledgement that um, he just couldn't make it um, swinging at least with his skill set right guys like javi Baez might be able to do it but At least with his particular skill set, he could not do that. His swing rate, though, 56.2%, about 10% above league average. So that's what I mean. Like the K rate is low, but it's because he's swinging at so many pitches, right? He may swing and miss the first pitch that's in the zone, but, um, you know, and the second, but he's going to get that third. So being hyper aggressive like that can help limit the K rate. So at least he's putting balls in play, but uh, super aggressive, walk rate down to 5.3%. Uh, which is not good. Eight point five percent is league average, so that's not that's not healthy or helpful. And I just saw news today, actually. Just this just jumped into my head that um, the Braves plan on having Ronald Acuna batting first, Josh jo- Josh Donaldson batting second, and Freddie Freeman batting third. I don't anticipate seeing Albie's anywhere in the middle of that lineup necessarily. Maybe so. Chances are he could be towards the back of the lineup, and that's really um, going to hurt his. Uh, value of it if that's the case. With that low OBP, he did manage 105 runs this past year for 15.4% runs per plate appearance. That seems really high uh, to me. Obviously, he had Freddie Freeman, Nick Marcakis uh, batting behind him, um, so maybe that was helpful. But for me, you know, that doesn't seem like uh, the right percentage for somebody who really struggles to get on base, and while he does steal and he may be aggressive on the base path, base paths, the stolen bases aren't what you might hope for um, from a guy w- uh, from a guy coming with Al- Albie's pedigree uh, on the bases. Uh, home runs, he hit 24 home runs this year with 24.8 expected home runs, so that was a really nice. I don't know if it was a surprise necessarily because he came out of the gate so hot and then really slowed down um so people probably had him in the 20 home run range um but this was really nice but it is key to note that whether it was pitchers adjusting or you know his luck changing whatever it was um after a really hot start he definitely slowed up down considerably but it's good to see that the expected home run total supports that um still below league average in terms of home runs per plate appearance at 3.5% his hard hit rate just at 34.4% so below uh, league average, ground ball rate, 38.8%, about 5%, 4.5%, uh, below league average. So that's 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 nice as long as you can hit them uh, hard enough. Home run per fly ball, 11.5%, up from 8.2% last year, but the expected home run per fly ball is at 10.4% and 11.9%. So it gives you a sense. He's a below league average home run per fly ball guy um, just slightly. So that is important to note. Hard hit fly ball rate took a massive nosedive, um, again, from a small sample last year, 41.1% down to 32.7%. That's actually about 5% below league average. So that's not helpful by any stretch of the imagination. The good uh, movement was in his hard hit pulled fly ball. Uh, so 39.7%, uh, 7% above league average and up about 14, No, oh, my math is terrible, 16% uh, from last year. So that's a really nice development because a guy like Albies, who doesn't necessarily hit the ball particularly hard. You know, He's not going to get your barrels. He's not going to hit mammoth home runs. He doesn't have that power yet. Um, Hitting those hard hit pulled fly balls is critical because that's how guys like um, Jose Ramirez, Alex Bregman, guys with smaller frames, maybe guys without the same type of power um, as some of our big home run hitters uh, make up the difference by pulling the ball hard uh, down the line. And especially with Albie's being a switch hitter, batting lefty uh, most of the time, um, he has SunTrust and uh, their nice right field porch there. Um, you know the difference that's important to note between those guys and Albie's is the very very high uh, contact percentage that they've been able to produce, uh, which leads to a lot more volume in terms of how many times uh, they're hitting hard hit pull fly balls. Uh, barrels twenty five this year, three point seven percent barrels per plate appearance that matches last year's uh, average home run distance, about the same three eighty five three eighty nine. Uh, RBI 72, uh, 10.5% RBI per plate appearance. Not surprising to have a fairly low number there for somebody who batted, um, lead off or second, uh, for most of, uh, the year. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, we, he doesn't have the power necessarily. He doesn't have the batting average necessarily. And so I wouldn't expect RBI totals, um, from our guy, um, Albies. Uh, Wobuff 324 last year, 327 expected, so right in line. Down from last year, he did steal 14 bases this year, but only at a 2% stolen base per plate appearance. So it's not like he's getting crazy on the base paths or anything. He's just accumulating stolen bases, um, you know, batting high up in the lineup with those 685 plate appearances. Stolen base success rate solid for the second year running, 82.4%. So that's really nice to see. Uh, His stolen base opportunity percentage, 7.7% of the time he had an open base in front of him on first or second. Did he try to steal? And he's pretty fast, uh, 28.7 foot speed uh, per second. Uh, One thing that's important to note, just because we did Bellinger earlier, is that he is actually slower uh, than Cody Bellinger uh, in terms of sprint speed. So that's something that you may not have expected given both of their respective frames, but it does uh, tell you. Um, something. All right, uh, let's go over to the detailed batted ball profile for Ozzy. Um, so, pretty consistent from last year, a little bit of movement. We actually saw a slight uptick in the pop up percentage, but nothing super relevant. It is important to note that that pop up percentage uh, has been at about 23% the last two years, and that's about 5% worse than league average. So, not necessarily what we want to see. He's also had a consistently high fly ball percentage at 12.5 and 12%. Again, this is X stats fly balls. So this does not count uh, really well batted balls at high line drive, low uh, fly ball, uh, uh, exit velocities and launch angles. So that's really important to note. These aren't that good. I think the batting average on fly balls is something like 250. Um, whereas on hard drives, it's something insane, like 786, something like that. So. His hard drives actually fell last year, despite um, you know putting up the 24 home runs, 9.9%. Um, percent. This is something that he was really excelling at towards the beginning of last year. I remember him being near the top of the leaderboards, maybe in the first month in terms of hard drive rate. But it has uh, he definitely regressed down, so he's actually below league average in that category. So again, the power numbers are not super helpful or good. Um, especially except for the hard hit pulled five ball rate, right? that gives a little reason for optimism. His dribbler percentage was up 3%, too. So, again, you know, slight gains in the areas we don't want to see, uh, gains, uh, happening necessarily. Let's take a look at the rolling average graph. Um, you know, pretty consistent in terms of contact, actually, towards the end of last year with his 40 game rolling average, he was in the low 90s for Z contact. I'd really love to see him operate, um, in this range if at all possible again you know jose ramirez and alex bregman are bad examples because i don't think albies is nearly as good of a hitter as either of them i mean he clearly is not but if he wants to be successful that contact rate has got uh to get up from about league average in the zone to higher and i think that plate discipline needs to improve as well the good news on that front is that his plate discipline did improve as the year progressed, in the in, in uh, August, his O swing peaked at 48.1%. So he swung at about half of the balls outside of the zone. And when you think about, you know, a lot of those pitches are probably way the hell out of the zone. Um, that is uh, saying something. That, like, would make Javi Baez almost blush, I think. Uh, but down to 33.3% over his last 40 games. So it looked like that was in, that was you know either an area of focus or an area of growth for him towards the end of last year. Ground ball rate uh, was at forty percent pretty consistently actually, uh, slightly trending up over the course of the season, but um, you know pretty solid for a guy of his stature. And then the hard hit rate is the concern because as you know the hard hit rate kind of mirrored the O swing. Um, it peaked at forty five point four percent in the middle of July. uh, for a 40-game rolling average, and then it just descended over the entire season all the way down to 26.1% by the end of September, which is um, not good. Obviously, a guy like Albies, you know, you want him to hit for power, so hard hit rate is important. What I'd love to see even more is improvement in that hard drive percentage. Um, uh, Even, um, you know, like his line drive percentage is below league average, um, his ground ball rate, which again, for X stats, those are better ground balls, not dribblers, but, you know, kind of your hard hit ground balls. Those are even below league average, you know, so you really want to see him hitting a lot of line drives, a lot of solid ground balls. Um, you know, if he's not hitting them at the hard drives, you know, then at least missing missing down. Easier said than done, obviously, but I think that's where you're going to see Albies really thrive. And then if the plate discipline Improves and he's swinging at better pitches in the zone, maybe that, that'll help him out um, in doing that. Uh, we don't really know. So this gets us to an overall analysis of Albies. And for me, I just can't even think about considering Albies um, at, uh, at essentially 44.5 ADP. So going at the end of the third um, round uh, in NFDC drafts, the five players in front of him are Reese Hoskins, Carlos Carrasco, Starling Marte, Noah Syndergaard, Anthony Rizzo. There's no way I would take him ahead of any of these guys. Maybe Hoskins. I don't know. I'd have to do a deeper analysis there just because I value the speed and the average that he would be better than Hoskins at. Um, behind him, Correa, Mondesi, Bogarts, Edwin Diaz, um, Patrick Corbin. You know, So decent guys there. I think guys with a higher upside, at least that I see. Let's take a look at second baseman. So he's the fourth second baseman off the board going after Whit Merrifield. After him is Glaber Torres, who probably isn't a good example because I'm also down on him. And then you have Scooter Scooter Jeanette uh, drop, you know, a huge gap to Scooter Jeanette around uh, ADP 94. You know, but if I can get a guy like a Travis Shaw, uh, Jonathan VR, even like Robinson Cano, like there's no way I would rather have just, well, I'd have to think about it a little bit, but I probably don't think there's a way I'd rather have Ozzie Albies than Robinson Cano, who's going at 140 ADP. Um, you know, that's, that says something, I think, about where um, Albies is. So I'm definitely not reaching to take Albies at this draft position. Obviously, he's a very young player, and he could show tremendous growth this year and make me look like uh, an absolute fool. Unless of course he becomes Jose Ramirez or Alex Bregman, because I mentioned him a couple times in that in the podcast. But I highly doubt um, that that is going to happen. And so, really, I think there are a lot safer picks. I think there are higher upside picks. Um, you know, uh, that involve about the same or maybe a little bit more risk, but the ceiling is so much higher. Like a guy like Alberto Mondesi. I still haven't figured out whether I'm picking him in the mid forties, forties where he's going right now, but he's going to hit as many home runs about as Albies. Um, He's gonna steal uh, probably four times as many bases, three to four times as many bases. Batting averages won't be too different if Albies continues to hit in the 260s. And he's probably gonna be batting at the top of the Royals lineup. And with the news coming out today about who's batting at the top of the Braves lineup, I highly doubt that Albies will be in the top five probably. Um, and so that's going to limit his plate appearances and some of the accumulating stats like runs um, and even stolen bases. Um, so that's just something to consider with Albies. I think he's going way um, too high right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry for having the second depressing young guy who I think is going too high uh, in a row on this show. <laughs> That is going to wrap up episode 41 of the Batfoot Crazy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Took a look at two young guys uh, who started out pretty strong, and it's kind of unfortunate, but, you know, when you're young and you do really well, people have expectations, and I think that's pushing pushing them unnecessarily up draft boards into uh, average draft positions that I just wouldn't take either one of them at currently. Now, obviously, We have a long way until the season starts but it's um you know and so we can always change our minds as we learn new information but based on what we have from the first couple seasons of both of these players i'm probably not going to own many if any of them in 2019. as always you can follow me on twitter at batflipcrazy. that is the best place to reach me if you like the show give us a five star rating write a nice review and then write your own script for the podcast in terms of players we're gonna be covering um and uh yeah and if you have a suggestion for player that you want me to cover you can reach out too but that undermines the whole point of this you know uh having people leave a leave a review so maybe just leave a leave a review or a rating and then let me know what you think um but i'm i'm uh, definitely looking for uh, suggestions it's always helpful to hear from folks on that and all right i need to get to bed get some sleep Hopefully this will not be a, uh, a sick thing. Uh, so yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening. Best of luck with your fantasy baseball research. Take care and be kind to one another.